Welcome to the Do Life Better podcast, where we believe that you get to create who you have been and who you become, and that it's often the smallest changes and actions that make the biggest difference. I'm your host, Dave Jorner, and each week I will bring you the best guests, tips, and messages to inspire and help you and me do life even better. Thank you for joining me today. Now, let's get started. Hi, friends, and thank you for joining me today on our 99th episode of the Do Life Better podcast. And in fact, I just received some very exciting news. I've created a brand new show, which is called Do Life Better Podcast Feel Good Friday Edition. And what I'm going to do is upload all the Feel Good Friday episodes to that podcast show. So they are readily accessible for you for whenever you want. You can listen to them all one after the other or go back and find the ones that you need to listen to at any moment for that little pick me up or the extra boost of confidence. So you should be able to find that one in the iTunes tour or wherever you listen to your podcast very shortly. So again, that one is called Do Life Better Podcast feel good Friday edition now if you could please do me one big favor that would be huge I know I asked you to subscribe to do life better podcast a lot and if you could really help this new one get out there that would be incredible so if you could please jump on to the do life better podcast feel good Friday edition hit subscribe and then leave a rating and a review what will happen then is that will then go up higher in the ratings. It'll be found by a lot more people a lot more easily because it'll be visible. So what that means is it will help to grow our Do Life Better community by enabling lots of other people to find those episodes as well. So that's called the Do Life Better podcast, Feel Good Friday edition. Yes, it's a long name, but please make sure you do get on there for me. Subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Even if you have already left a rating for the Do Life Better podcast, that would be great if you could leave one for the other one as well. Every rating, every review will make a massive difference. Thank you. So for today's episode, again, it is the 99th. Oh, by the way, make sure you tune in to the next one on Friday because there will be a very special announcement made on Friday's episode. So make sure you tune in for episode number 100. Now for today's episode, I had a chat with Michael Pure, whose career path had the eternal battle of following others' opinions versus finding his own way causing four career changes before the age of 30. It was whilst being an admitted solicitor in New South Wales that Michael found his love and skill for advocacy, persuasion, and emotive speech. Then as you will hear, tragedy struck in his family in 2011, and Michael was compelled to change tack. Michael believes the right words delivered in the right way by the right source can change your life. And it's his mission to inspire the world from his executive coaching to his online program, The Eight-Week Life Hack. And he also speaks on a range of topics as well as hosting his Words With Oz, the Essay Question podcast. Michael's dream is to change the world. His mission is to inspire the globe to be more ambitious and as a result, more fulfilled. Now, during this chat, we do briefly discuss suicide. So if you are affected in any way, please call Lifeline's National 24-7 Counseling Service on 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. And for our listeners outside of Australia, please contact your local crisis centre or your family doctor. Now, make sure you do take a screenshot of this episode. Tag both Michael and myself in there as well. Tag Michael at Words with Oz. That's Oz as in O-Z. And tag me in there as well. Please make sure you do hit subscribe and leave a rating and a review if you enjoyed this episode as well. And for now, let me introduce you to Michael Pure. 
Michael, thank you for joining me today on the Do Life Better podcast. It's my absolute pleasure, Dave. Thanks for having me. We just spoke off air before about you know, some similarities that we have in terms of you being working lots of schools in different states around the country. And it's inspiring to hear those stories you know, about you, the work that you are doing to help the young generation as well. And now you're working with high performers and businesses and so on, mate. So firstly, congratulations on the difference that you're making to a lot of people around the country. Um, and then- Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome, mate. And then as a way to get started today, I thought we might start with something a little bit fun, something a little bit different that we haven't really done on this podcast before. Bear with it because it will make sense, okay, as we go on. But just Perfect, let's go. Some rapid-fire questions for you. And these are some things that we actually ask the students that we work with in schools around the country as a way to, to help break the ice and so on. So the first one for you, Michael, is when you were a young child, mm-hmm. when you were really young, what's your earliest memory of your dream job? Earliest memory of a dream Job. I think my immediate response must be something around the sporting world, but I don't, you know, I don't particularly remember thinking that. I just remember loving, loving football, loving AFL. I'm from South Australia, so I'd say, yeah, something around that. Four, four or five years old was either basketball or AFL. Nice one. Uh, second question: When you were really little, again, who was your favourite superhero? You know, like if you could have been one of those yeah, heroes, easy. Batman. Batman. Yeah. How come? Mm-hmm. Back in the uh, the Keaton days, I don't I don't know, but I just remember I used to draw the the bat logo a lot. So, yeah, <laughs> just, just the just the curves, just the consistent curves with the oval around it. That was what yeah, the yeah. logo used to be, and I just remember drawing that a lot. Fantastic. So then, with that, what was your favourite TV show when you were little? <laughs> um, this will be this will be quite funny, but uh, we I had a pretty religious watch of Home and Away. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Who that, was your favourite? That's my earliest kind of memory there. Um, I think it was the – I can't remember his name. He went on – he actually – the actor moved to the States and ended up being in like a vampire series or something. I think his oh, name was Vince. Vinny? Yeah, yeah, Vince. I remember Vinny. I reckon yes. he was probably, probably someone yeah. that I you know, kind of looked at. But, yeah, how funny. Earlier than that, I always remember waking up on, you know, Saturday morning, 6 a.m., 7 a.m. and watching, um, watching cartoons. Yep. But, yeah, I don't remember what shows they were. So Home and Away is the answer. Nice one. So then, okay, moving on now, in terms of real-life heroes now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. has there been someone when you were growing up or even more recently who would be what you would consider to be your real-life hero? I learned from a lot of different people, and I suppose you know, when you say hero, you've got to put them up on a pretty pretty big pedestal as opposed to a, you know, a mentor or someone that you've learned from. Um, real-life hero. Or your greatest mentor? Well, real life hero, I'm pretty proud and look up to a lot. Uh, my mum and my sister, they've done quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, when you get to see the background or the, or the behind the scenes of people, that's when you kind of get to see mm. what they're truly made of. Um, you know, if you were to think of a famous person as being a hero, well, then you only kind of see what their PR or publicist or, you know, what they allow you to see, whereas people that you get to know really well, um, they're a hero for a more in, you know, inept internal reason, I think. So I'd say my mum and my sister are pretty pretty high up there. If we're talking about you know who I want to become and where I'm going, the first person that kind of inspired me was a combination of two. My first boss, his name was Shane Hogan. Uh, he introduced me to the world of self-help mm. um, and self-help books and things like that, and he actually introduced me to a Robert Kiyosaki seminar. So Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I, was I think I was like just about to turn 16 when I first went to one of his seminars. And that's one of the original, you know, out of school co curricular 
seminar slash learning, you know, he's up on stage, big hype, all that kind of stuff. That was mm. one of the first ones where I thought uh, people who speak, people who teach, people who do it in a way that's not seen as uh, normal education actually have a really big impact. So kind of a combination of my first boss and then Robert Kiyosaki, I would say. Yeah, nice one. And then I have what I call a rocking chair test. Mm-hmm. So this is when you're old and gray at the end of your days. Yep. Uh, you sit on your rocking chair on your porch looking out, out over your land and you're looking back over your life and you bring into mind the moments in your life that make you the proudest. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're things that you've achieved so far. Maybe they're things you're working towards or maybe it's a future goal. Mm-hmm. So for you, what would be that rocking chair test? What would be that one thing that would make you the proudest? I'll come back at you with a, with an aspect of something that I work on, and it'll answer the question. But the idea is, what do you write on your gravestone? Yeah, I can't think of the word right now. What it's called, um, but it, so it has to be short. And the one that I've always gone by is, "He lived his life making others' lives better." So nice. if I'm sitting on my rocking chair, you know, grey and old, let's say I wouldn't mind getting to 100. So let's say I'm 109, sitting on my rocking chair back in in the future, looking back. It's just every moment that I've made someone else's life better. And even in a, even an elongated version of that is, um, and I have this conversation often lately because all my friends are having kids, mm-hmm. um, and I don't particularly think that's part of my world anytime soon. Because I want to have an impact on as many kids as I can, or on as many people as I can, on many things I can. And I find that once you do have children, rightly, you know, there's a selfish aspect to you. Actually, have to look after that. That, that is your main focus then from that point on. Um, and so, yeah, I want to be able to look back and think of the number of people and how in depth that I've impacted on them, as opposed to whether or not it's just like, you know, you're one, one family member or, you know, four or five family members, that kind of thing. At the moment, I don't think I have the, the bandwidth to cover so many. Mm. Um, whereas where I am at the moment, you know, I've got a few godchildren, nieces, all my kids, all my friends' kids. I go out of my way to spend time with them and with my friends to make their lives better. So that's, that's the rocking chair answer for you. Awesome. Nice one. And so just with that, like I had this and I want to get onto your trigger moment for you for, for what you do now in a second, mm-hmm. but you just reminded me of one of my own trigger moments just then in terms of like one of my big goals is to make as, as much of an impact for as many young people as I can around the country. Um, mm-hmm. And now moving beyond just young people now as well. But I remember there was this one day when I was in the midst of my dreaming and planning for the future about, you know, let's reach a million young people. But then I thought, hang on, what about my own two sons? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. And then I realized that you know, maybe my rocking chair test really is, yeah, the million young people are nice. If I can have an impact on them, then maybe that's nice. But if I can have a big impact on my own two sons, then imagine the difference that they can then make. Mm. when it's their time mm. to move on. So, um, yeah, so I suppose that's been something for me that's really helped me put what I do into a greater perspective as well, you know, kind of all the stuff that I talk about in schools and, and even on this podcast to really put that into practice when I'm at home with my own two sons and just, you know, yeah. seeing the results there. And there's an exponential effect of that, right? You know, you mm. put into two people, they, they go out and put into their two people and so on, it spreads out. But it's, isn't it amusing how often you can – Talk about all the things that we talk about. Yeah, I've, I've looked into a little bit of what you've done. Obviously, I'm not across it entirely, but talk about all the things that we talk about: improving life, emotional intelligence, you know, aiming big, these kind of things. Mm. And it's quite easy to get to the point where that becomes your external, outside, like world, and you've got to remember to bring that 
you know, to be to bring that into a part of who you are. Yeah. So that yep. you know, so that you are that person in front of your kids, not just you know, not just being dad, but also leading by example with all those things that you want to do. Because That's then right. it might be that you just get to the point where you've impacted a million, you know, and two, but the two have been impacted uh, yeah. more greatly or more intensely. That's right. It's kind of like you know, being a chef who has an outstanding restaurant but doesn't want to cook at home. Yeah. Or being an incredible mechanic but has a bomb of a car that keeps breaking down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's about Absolutely. bringing that stuff externally back to home. Yeah. So nice. So then for you, Michael, in the work that you do now, like you've had a pretty big career change uh, and you went from profit to purpose in the work that you do. Yep. Uh, what was your – and a lot of people have like a trigger moment, something that creates this awareness, this new awakening of – what is my life about? How am I going in terms of my purpose? What created that shift for you? Yeah, there's there are a few stories that lead into where I'm, where I am now. Um, mm. The profit, the purpose one's quite amusing because I agree to the point that well, when you head out on your own business or you know, following majority of the time following a purpose, that immediate gratification, you know, that that more short term gratification or profit may not be there. Mm. But there is a point where I know that what I'm doing now, you know, I'm going to be able to do it to a point where either scales or I become so good at it that, you know, the, the, the profit will eventually be there. And then, you know, there's also this fact that the, is profit monetary or is profit the impact? You know, what, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you see as profit? Like, purpose is great, but I think there's a way that, and, and people might get lost on this, I think there is a way to follow your purpose and do it in a manner. Well, not, I don't even think. I know that there is a way to follow your purpose and do it in a manner that reaches a profit as well. Maybe not immediately, but you've just got to have patience to get there. And I think, uh, and you probably you're probably across this, but you know the Japanese have this thing called ikigai. Um, it's a Venn. Imagine a Venn diagram of mm-hmm. four circles that overlap. Um, one is you know your, your purpose, one's vocation, one's profession, and one's uh, what you get paid for. So it's 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 four circles that overlap. And when you're following them, then in the middle is this idea of your your purpose, your ikigai. And if you do it right then it becomes profitable as well, mm. you know, to, to whatever extent you need in the world. And we don't need surplus. We just need stuff that gets us to where we want to go. Um, so, yeah, the profit of purpose, I agree, and I know where you're coming with that. I think people should need to realize that it's not a sacrifice of one for the other. You can have both. It just might take some patience and time. But the more, more pertinent question being my trigger moment, mm. uh, in 2011, I was a lawyer um, back, back towards those days. Um, and I lost my sister and my father in the same year. So my sister uh, you know, passed in a more normal circumstance and my father passed about nine months later uh, by a suicide. So two two people quite close to you in one year can have a pretty dramatic impact. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was pursuing that corporate law path. And I was doing that because I'd already chased a dream. I'd already moved to Dubai to sell real estate, you know, a place that was tax-free, big market. You know, let's go over there, put in the hard work, get some cash together, come back and invest was the idea. So I already chased a dream. Um, and that, that took me through 2008, which was the GFC. So I was doing well until then and then wasn't able to battle through the GFC properly. Um, so I chased the dream. It had fallen apart. Okay, what am I going to do now? I'm going to go do the law thing. And that's what I did. So 2011, I was on the path to corporate law. And I continued on that path after 2011 because I was already in it. I was already in it. I made a couple of promises to a couple of people that 
yep, I'm back now. I'll do the, the, the normal thing in quotes. Um, you know, I'll go and study. I'll go and do the right thing. And so I continued on. So I have previously said that that, that 2011 was a trigger moment. But the more that I reflect on it and, you know, the more that I speak with people like yourself, 2011 wasn't the trigger. 2011 was just the beginning. Now, because I continued on law for a few more years. But then I, would, I remember I was sitting there on a, on a specific case. I was working in um, litigation at the time. So I was, I was criminal law, but it was on a, on a, on a white-collar tax crime um, case. And I remember sitting in the courtroom, you know, Supreme Court, so in front of the judges, really two QCs um, were in the room. I think there was about four lawyers plus myself, a room full of quite intelligent, high-aspiring legal minds. And I remember looking around thinking, I don't want to be any of these people. Mm. You know, if you, if you were to look at your path, your, my, my career journey, these guys were 10, 20, 30, 40 years ahead of me and at the top of the game. You know, so if I was going to become someone, they were who I was going to become. Yeah, and none of them, not one of them was who I wanted to be. That's not to say they weren't great people and they weren't doing great things and that they weren't brilliant. They were much smarter than I, but not where I wanted to go. So that was the trigger moment. Mm-hmm. That was the moment where I thought, no, nah, I need to – up and out of here i've got better skills to be putting my time better elsewhere nice and then, so that's how you transferred across then into inspiring people to yeah so the combination the combination of um you know my sister and my father kind of reminded me that life's too short to be hmm. living half-hearted life's too short to be doing you know just what everyone says you should be doing or what's considered normal in the world um and that that so I thought, I've got to work on that. I've got to inspire others to realize that there's more and that if they're living a half-hearted life, it's not the right one for them. Nice. So we start off by talking about a you know, dream job as a child, favorite super, superhero, that type of thing. And it's really easy yep. when we're younger to have those dreams. Yep. But yet we get told, no, you can't fly off the top of the shed because you'll fall and crash. <laughs> you can't just be Batman. It's not going to work for you. So we start over time and like we have these big dreams and it doesn't work out. So we start to kind of squash those dreams and just give them to ourselves. How do you inspire someone to look beyond their current situation? How do you do that? Long conversations a lot of the time. Um, you know, there are plenty of stories out there about people who have done the impossible. And I think... Yeah, there's a combination of two sides of this. One side is re- making people realize that we've been conditioned with a range of no's throughout life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's Tony Robbins but, or someone, you know, I think it might have been Zig Ziglar said this one right at the beginning. But when your child's learning to walk, and I say this, I, I, this is not mine, but it's a regular one. People have heard it before. But mm-hmm. when your child's learning to walk and they fall down three times, do you just say, oh, well, you're done, give up, don't worry about it? Or do you tell them to keep going? The answer's pretty, pretty obvious, right? So. The, the relation of that to life is it's funny that we can do that for our child wa- walking, but you know, we can't do it for our child, child wanting to become, become Batman. You know, we can't do it for our child wanting to be the smartest person in the room. We can't do it for our child wanting to be the next prime minister of Australia if they want or whatever the case may be. There's just so many larger, huge goals that seem impossible that we are happy to say no about. Mm. And I think there's one side of teaching people to go beyond what they their current consideration is showing them that they've been conditioned or that society in general holds us back by saying no to so many different things. And then also inspiring them with stories of people who have gone beyond what is possible. Um, flying. 
I, you can probably come up with any. We can probably come up with anything right now and find a way to prove that it is possible. You know, uh, people say, "Oh, well, humans can't fly." Well, I don't know about you, but I've had a fair few um, times in the sky this year by myself. <laughs> like there, there is <laughs> maybe I can't get up and fly in this body, but we've created a plane that's taken us that way, or we've created wingsuits that's taken us that way, or we've created parachutes that's taken us that way. It's not. Mm. You know, everything is a, is a possibility. Imagine if you were. Edison back in the day working with electricity and you went down to the pub, you know, via, via candlelight and started to tell everyone how you were going to light up the world at night. You know, you're going to, you're going to create this thing out of these friction of energy sources that was going to light up this. Like if there was, if there was a psychic there, they would have put you in a loony bit, but he went and did it. And now look, you know, where we are. So I think there's a, there's a combination of showing people that they've been told they can't when they can, and then showing them, the people that have broken through and that it's possible for any of us. So is it a change of internal dialogue? So for any listeners, for example, who have a dream, but they just hold themselves back because, again, they've been told they can't too many times. Is it a change in internal dialogue? Is it a change in habits? Is it a change in people they'd spend the most time with? Like where would you encourage them to start? One thing that I've learned recently is everyone's different. So I started off thinking, by way of an example, okay, we're going to start off with changing your habits. Let's get more more powerful habits, better journaling in the morning or whatever the case is. But it really ma- it really matters what journey the person's on that's that's asking for the help. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them might it might be about habits. One of them it might be about you know that they can't work, they shouldn't be working with me, and they should be working with a more qualified therapist to work on some deeper seated issues. It really depends on the person. There's a range of things, obviously, to try and get there, but Internal dialogue, habits that you're working with are all possible avenues. And I think sometimes we've got to look at the barriers that are break, that are holding us back. And that's going to be specific for each individual. And what I mean by that is the growth out of your current pattern is going to be painful. At the moment, you, you, you're sitting in a loop pattern of behavior that keeps you getting the same results or the, the same path that you're on. And for some people, that pattern may be one of growth, but that even then needs to be broken to be go beyond what you think you're capable of. So just looking at what would what works for you, um, and trial and error, and 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 reading and checking out all the different books and different avenues, and speaking to someone like you, and it might be a great fit, or coming and speaking to someone like me, and that might be a better or a worse fit, and finding that thing that's going to work for you to realize I'm capable of more. That's the key, isn't it? Doing one that fits you. Like mm. There's a smorgasbord of options. Find one that mm. fits you. But at the end of the day, it's got to come back to that idea that you are capable of more. In terms of seeking what we most desire, that's where we find our truest selves. Mm. Mm. I-, I love that line. I-, I think I found this on your website or something. In seeking <laughs> what we most desire, we find our truest selves. It- it- does that for you come back to that purpose, finding that purpose, when we seek what we most desire, does that is that one thing that we can do and try to put that into action? Is that one thing that we can do to really help ourselves go beyond our current situation? Yeah. The more I look into what drives us, what drives people, especially those that are achieving outlandish, outrageous, outstanding results, is that they know what drives them from within. I talk about it in, in terms of core values. Um, you know, there are other theories, hierarchy of goals, uh, you know, so you, you eventually keep asking the question why you get there, get to find out what, you know, what is truly at the core of it all. So for the people that I work with and the way that I go about it, core values. 
So in seeking, yeah, you, you know my quote better, better, better than I know myself just at the moment, but in seeking you know, what we most desire, you've got to realize what that inner stuff is. And the, the best part about this is it's not external. It never is. Um, some of the goals on the way may be external. Some of the things that we enjoy doing, you know, maybe something that is external, but as far as what drives us to get there, it's inner and it needs to be uncovered. Not, mm. you know, it doesn't, need, it's not something you kind of, you kind of find it's, it's there and it just needs to be peeled away and uncovered. Um, and, and this well, is, that's it. Cause a lot of people don't even know what they desire. No, well, they've never had an opportunity or been shown the, the light to, 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 to sit down and, and truly dig in and get there. Mm. We're, we're given so many by way of an example, you know, me, myself and law, we're, we're told what, what, we, what, what makes sense and what we should do. And, yeah, we have some autonomy in making that decision, but it's based on a series of social beliefs or, you know, society's ideas of what works. The truest version of what you most desire is found from within, and we need to be told to spend that time uncovering it and that time discovering that. So how could we do that? If someone's really trying to find what they desire, how would you recommend they go about that? The way we've framed it, it makes it really seem like it's this, you know, it's this, this inner journey, really hard thing to do. Um, I think, I think one of the best parts is it's organic. It continually evolves. Um, you know, the person that I truly wanted to be in my core values 10 years ago are going to be different than my core values in 10 years. They might not be totally different, but they will evolve and change. I'm sure the person mm-hmm. you wanted to be prior to the two boys, you know, is completely different to the person mm-hmm. you're going to, yep. going to be now. Yeah. So your core values can change. And I think that's one of the aspects of it is that it's not a right and wrong answer. Um, but to get there, you know, you think of, I, I, do, I do a few things. I, I get people to do a vision, a vision board or a vision book. Just as you go on about your daily life, reading the paper on, you know, on Instagram, it annoys me that that's part of daily life now, but you get my point. <laughs> you get my point. So the, book, the books you read, when you're walking down the street and you see something, you think, yeah, you know, what are you automated to be attracted to? Start collecting those things up and that'll give you an idea of, okay, these are what, this is what works in my world. Journaling is a great way. You know, spitball journaling is a great way to do it. So tell me about spitball journaling. For those who've never tried it before, is that just where you just write whatever's on your mind? Yeah. Blank page, blank page, put the pen down and just start writing. It's funny because people are, oh, what do I write? Anything. Yeah, just, just start writing and eventually you kind of, your mind will bring you to a point of you know, analyzing things and kind of going deeper and suddenly there'll be ideas that you want to pursue further and words that truly resonate with you. Sometimes that free write, freehand writing, spitball writing just takes it all out of your mind so you can find the words and the core of the things that, are truly, that truly matter. I'm not across the literature and on how or why that works. Other than to say, uh, I remember reading about it a few times and, and implementing it with myself and with clients and, and that it has some great avenues and some great results. Another question that I like to ask, similar to you know, that, that, that gravestone or the rocking chair question, hmm. if you just focus on one thing that you want to be at the end of life, surely, just focus on that, surely that means that you know, life will be fulfilling for you. Um, surely that means that you're heading in what is some way, in some way the right direction for what you should be doing with your time and energy. If you want to impact a million children's lives plus two, then go and do that. That's got to be aligned with some core values and you'll uncover those on the journey. I think people sometimes want to make it too complicated. Life in general <laughs> over, over the millennia has been about people searching for life's meaning. So don't, uh, mm. our conversation isn't just going to suddenly answer that, but surely our, bra- our brains are getting more and more the cognitive ability of them is getting more and more uh, apt at 
the making these decisions and we we are growing and evolving and surely with all that history and, and lessons and libraries and learning we have we can get better at realizing that no this is what it's about find what gets you going and then pursue that and nowadays we have the the peace and the prosperity to be able to do that another another uh, activity or another another avenue that I like to take is um, it's a story I think I stole it from when I say stole you know that, that's allowed because I'm giving him credit but I think I stole yep. it from Paul McKenna who's a UK based you know hypnosis NLP life coaching kind of guru and he's got this story he says you walk into a room and as you're walking down the center of the room you see your family and friends on either side sitting down and you see a box at the end of the aisle mm-hmm. and as you get closer you see your closest family and friends the top five standing around the box and then as you pre- approach the top of the box you realize that it's you inside the box and that you are viewing your funeral mm-hmm. what do you want those five of your closest family and friends to say about you on that day you know, if you can answer that question, and surely that gives you the North Star to work out what you're doing with your life, which direction you're heading, and what is truly at the core of your values and beliefs. There you go. There's four or five different ideas. Yeah, no, that, that's great. And that last one's a powerful one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, stories are always good, Dave. If you can do it in yeah. a manner that tells a decent story and gets people to think and then there's the click oh shit this is where i'm here where i am sorry i I haven't asked whether we can swear on this yeah i might have to edit that (laughs) it's okay um but yeah stories are a great way to be able to get people engaged to get these things right sometimes when you are preaching doesn't necessarily trigger but if you can get someone involved in the story Mm. it seems to wake up a different part of their mind and one thing you said earlier that just resonated was sometimes we make it too complicated and I think that we do in terms of chasing that which you desire. Mm-hmm. We make it too complicated. There's too many external voices, as you said before, too many people saying, no, nah, you should be doing this career. Um, there's no money in your dream. Do this one instead because that's how you're going to be able to support your family and your future and so on. Mm-hmm. And there's you know, other expectations about who we think we should be. And then you know, maybe that internal desire that next step for you has been knocking at your door for a long time, mm, mm. but you keep squashing because you keep thinking, no, no, there's too much expectation from other people. Not only that, but sometimes you're just blind to it. Sometimes you are getting so, you know, so caught in like what I was talking about before, the loop pattern of your current behaviors that what's going on outside of that pattern, you just don't even mm. recognize, don't even see because it's just not part of your, uh, your conscious or your, you know, your awareness. Yeah, for sure. So then once someone finds their choice desire, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, the, and even if this relates to the high performers you work with now, what are some immediate things people can start doing mm-hmm. to really connect with that desire, to, to make that difference, to, to reach that next step? Seeking of your desire. So when we've spoken about that, we've spoken about it in a manner of it being your core values. And the best part about mm. core values is that you can do it now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you work out what your core values are, they're normally like they're normally things like happy, um, you know, trustworthy. For me, it's ambition, um, family and friends first. You know, they, they're all things. None of none of that's like oh, I have to wait. They're all things that I can do as of this second, and that is normally the case in most most ventures and most scenarios that I've been through. And most people I've worked with, it's normally the case that you can do that now. Mm. So, and and then I'll come back to the idea of trying to chase a desire in the you know it's something in the future but so the idea would be to know what that is and then when you act during the day 
act in a manner that meets those values. Um, if you want to, you know, if you want to have a great impact on your two kids, well, then make sure you're present for them in, during the time. You know, work out what those core values are. I'm trying to give you a specific coaching lesson, it's just the example in front <laughs> of me. Then, then act in a manner that gets those things done now. If you want to be mm. an inspirational pilot, I don't know why flying's on my mind, but if you want to be an inspirational pilot, then you know, act in act in a manner that gets those things now. Be an inspirational person. Do all the things that a, that a pilot would do. You can do those things now. Is um is my main point on that. Uh, the idea obviously is to trigger those to to have some some kind of visual trigger or mental trigger or um, accountability trigger that reminds you that that's who you want to be because the change is hard. Once mm. you make the decision to make to, to break those loop patterns, the change is going to be hard. Um, so whether that's you know, a few of my clients go and get a like a little business card size note, you know, a nice thick card they can keep in their wallet, and they just write their five values down on that, that that thing, keep it in their pocket. You know, when they're feeling a little bit astray or like they're not fulfilling some purpose of their life, get that out and remember, oh yeah, I'm not because I haven't done any of these five things today. I haven't been mm-hmm. trustworthy. I haven't been loyal. I haven't been inspirational. I haven't been ambitious. You see that, and then the next thing you do, you try and align it to one of those things. So as far as fulfilling that, seeking the person you know, to be the, who you most desire, best part about core values is you can do it now. If we are talking about achievement, if we are talking about success in terms of having achieved something in the future, then there are a range of theories that people go through for, you know, for goal achievement and goal attainment and goal theory and that kind of thing. One of the things that I like to use is the idea of setting the plan. So finding what that outrageous end goal looks like and then working out what you need to do on a timeline, on a realistic timeline to get there. And you kind of break that mm-hmm. down into realistic plans. So the far out ones, so let's say you want to be president of the United States in 2040. Well, then, you know, that's, that's pretty outrageous, pretty out there, not really something you can achieve now if you look at the majority of the uh, theory on how goal achievement works, even if we just use the most basic one, you know, smart goals, then you can't really, you probably, it's not, probably not realistic, probably not assignable. And probably not, you know, you can put a time limit on it, 2040, but is it time related, right? So then you break that down into maybe, okay, well, where do I need to be in 2030 to make that happen? Okay, well, I need to be uh, on the political pathway to Congress. Okay, well, then where do I need to be in 2020? Well, that's only next, you know, that's only next year. What do I need to be doing? What things do I need to be doing? And then those could be really tangible goals. Um, and you could use something like SMART, to, the SMART system to get there or, you know, any of any other goal theory, but make them. I like to call them signposts. And so uh, where are you now? You're in Brisbane, yes? Mm, okay, yep. cool. I'll use that as an example there. So right now I'm in, I'm in Byron Bay, you're in Brisbane. If I want to leave my house or where I'm staying now and get to Brisbane, there is, and I, I look out the front door, there is not a sign that says Brisbane this way. Okay, so Brisbane's that end goal that you can't see yet. What there is is a sign that says north. Cool, I just travel that way. And then when I, you know, two or three kilometers in, there's another sign that says Tweed Heads. Now I know Tweed Heads, is, it gets me towards Brisbane. So I start heading towards Tweed Heads. I get to Tweed Heads. There probably is a sign that says Brisbane and Tweed Heads, but let's pretend that there's not. There's, then the next sign says Gold Coast or Rabina. And I'm, okay, well, that's, that's north still, and so that's still getting me to Brisbane, so I'm going to go there. And then eventually you get to a point where the next sign says, you know, Brisbane, 80 kilometers and you, you find your way. So I call them short-term signposts. You've got to create those short-term signposts that will take you on your journey to where you eventually want to arrive. 
life brings us ups and downs and changes and sometimes those those signposts will move and that's going to come down to each individual and their ability to stay you know driven and committed and what uh, resources remain with them but that's one avenue that I like to get people to take to uh, to achieve those outrageous goals because when you wake up in the morning and think about you know, let's say being president you don't really have much motivation to get there but if you can create these short-term goals that you know if you have faith in and follow them then faith and trust in yourself you know, is going to be able to get you there eventually. So are there any other strategies or, or tips or advice that you could give to someone who is really trying to look beyond their current situation? It just depends what they want. And I think that's probably where they need to start. What do you truly want? Who do you want to be? My favourite question, what do you want? People just don't know the answer. You sit down at a dinner table and ask someone what they want. Oh, I'll have the steak, thanks. Like that that's where they're thinking. People don't say, I yeah, I want to impact a hundred million people. They just don't respond that way. So learning how to answer that question. And not in a manner that means these are my core values, but in a manner that means like what 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 do you actually want from life? Yeah, then you can start thinking about how to get out of your current consideration. Before we get into the final couple of questions, Michael, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you think our listeners would really benefit from today? Yeah, one of the themes that I'm really working on at the moment, I think I'm, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit uh, juvenile in my thought process on it, but I'll talk about it anyway. Is the, mm. you know, this idea of of, of you do you. Um, a lot of the time we look for a self help book that we think is going to change us, or we we follow the advice of a particular coach that you know that that is is all well meaning and and taking us in a new direction, but no one knows you as well as you know yourself. So make sure that you do you. Take bits and pieces and learn from all these different people, but if you don't take control of your own pursuit of whatever it is you want to do, and I'm, I'm assuming everyone that listens to your podcast you know, wants to do life better. That's their, but it's your life. You know, it's not do life better based on the fact that you and I say that we should do habits and routines every day. Yes, I believe you should do habits and routines every day. I do habits and routines every day, but you do you. You know, I was I interviewed a CrossFit athlete a little while ago. His name's Carl Porter, and and he said we were, t- we were talking, and I was like, oh, you must be really you know strict and, and regimented in your routines. Again, I I trained with him, so I kind of already knew that he was. But in this particular answer to me, in his mind, he thought, no, I keep it pretty loose and and just let you know let it go with the flow. So you do, you know, and he was still extremely successful. He's been top five fittest person in Australia the last six or seven mm-hmm. years. You do you work out what works for you. Make sure you have the mind to be able to sit back. Take the advice, take the education, take the learning, and then decide yes or no. Nice. Um, yeah. How could our listeners get in contact with you? If you want to get in contact with me, the best place is you know is always is probably Instagram at Words with Oz, or I've got the website wordswithoz.com, All my mm-hmm. my phone number, email, everything everything is there. I've got a fair bit of content out there. I've got another you know I've been doing a podcast for over over a year and a half now, so. That's available as well. Which I'm, yeah, everything everything's kind of around. I think I think you've, you're about thirty episodes ahead of me. As how long you've been doing it? I think so. so. I had a look at that before. Yeah, yes. yeah. Not very yeah. not very competitive, are we? <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Um, but um, so I'm everywhere. Is the answer? Yeah. Excellent. I'll put all that in the show notes as well. Mm. I like to ask all our guests uh, at the end of the interviews what doing life better means, and, and one of the great things about this is everyone has their own areas of expertise and passion and knowledge and so on. So for you, Michael, what's that idea of doing life better mean? To be able to be acting in a manner every day that makes you grow is probably the thing for me. 
you know, if I look back at life a year ago and haven't moved forward, then you're not really doing life better. But as a more holistic, what do I want out of life? If I get to the end and look back and think, did I, you know, did I find my way to do life better? It's who did I have an impact on? And more specifically, how many people, how many family and friends I had at my funeral? Nothing else really matters uh, as far as I'm concerned. All, this other, all the other things in life are good and are fun um, and help and make life easier and make stress less and things like that. But the only thing that really matters are the people that you love and you make an impact on. Excellent. I like that. Coming back to the family and friends, those who are closest to you and the relationships. Thank you. So what's one thing our listeners can do this week for their challenge to help them do their life even better? Yeah, cool. Love that question. Might even steal it. The, <laughs> Go for it. Um, I have a program called the eight-week life hack. It's not prominent just at the moment because I'm doing some work on it uh, to try and make it a little bit better and a little bit more aligned with my core values. But in it, I do a gratitude piece that I ask people to ask themselves a series of questions at night before they go to bed. So this is the challenge for the listeners. Ask yourself these questions um, and answer them to yourself every night before bed for the next seven days. Uh, So I'll read them out slowly and then you can write them down or you have them in the show notes, whatever the case may be. But the first question is, I want you to write down two happy moments from the day two specific memories from today that made you happy. And it can be as simple as cuddling my dog this morning, or it could be, you know, perhaps it was your birthday and it could be as great as uh, bloody skydiving. Like whatever it is that made you happy. Two moments from the day. Uh, This next question is, I want you to answer, I am happiest when, finish the sentence. I am happiest when with the girlfriend. I am happiest when lifting 100 kilos in the bench of the gym. I'm happiest when. Finish that sentence. And the next is, it's more important for me to blank than to blank. So often you can look back at, back at your day and think, why did I stress out about that? Whatever it was. Now, why did I stress out about that annoying email that I got from my boss? It's more important for me to realize that my boss may be going through something that I am not aware of than to react harshly to his his poor email you know so so finish that, that sentence you can always find something that you realize you know what it's more important for me to do this than this to do this next one is in 10 years time i see myself so give you, you know, where where do you see yourself in 10 years time in 10 years time i see myself traveling between brisbane and the gold coast via helicopter instead of having to drive mate you know there's just one th- there might be something large like that or in 10 years time i see myself with two amazing late teen sons who people respect and enjoy spending time with something that you know that forward thinking kind of idea um and then the last one which is my favorite today i was passionate about today i was passionate about giving decent well-informed answers during the podcast yeah whatever the today i was passionate about finish this sentence and the thing is when you collect seven of those even even within seven, but maybe you know maybe you do more. But I often find when you collect more ten or more, you start to see some repetition, and it really starts to get clear of the small things in the day that makes you happy. And you've been chasing something else, but you get happiness out of the smaller stuff, or it makes it clear what you're truly passionate about, or it makes it clear where you truly want to be in ten years' time. So there you go. Mm. Series of questions. 
I'll put them in the show notes. Yeah, once once a day at night before you go to bed. See how you go. Fantastic. I'll give those ones again myself as well. I like that. <laughs> it's a nice combination between gratitude, yep. core values, and your, your desire and your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That's the idea. I like that. That's awesome, Michael. Thank you. And uh, so, yeah, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, thank you for those great solid strategies and tips and things that we can do just to, again, to stop and find your truest self and the idea of you, know, you do you. Mm. And and beyond that, thanks for the work that, that you do. I love speaking with other people who do similar things. They're working in schools to inspire the younger generation to be their best versions of themselves, to have bigger dreams. So thank you for the work you're doing there and high performance as well. And also just for reminding us now about the importance of family and relationships. Mm. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we dream so much about the external stuff that we forget about friends and family and loved ones. So, yeah, Michael, thank you for the work that you're doing, inspiring other people and help them do themselves even better. Yeah, thanks for your time, Dave. And just before we wrap up, I really want to take some time to be you know, appreciative of you and, and taking your time to reach out and to find people like myself and to be an avenue for others, to be able to hear some of the great people, that you know, guests that you've had on the show. I wouldn't put myself in the same caliber as many of the people that you've, you've had on and though I've had a chance to listen, you know, it really matters. Um, we've got all this technology, we've got all this social media, we've got all these avenues at the moment, and a lot of people are using them for the wrong reasons. So mm. I'm truly appreciative of your time and you know, the fact that you're doing it right and that um, the world, there's a well-meaning to, to how you go about it. So thank you. Thanks, Mark. I really appreciate that. Cheers. Thank you very much. Well, there we have it, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed this chat with Michael Peel today. And please remember his challenge. I won't go over it now because it is quite in-depth. You will find all those questions in the show notes. So make sure you check it out right now. Also, please remember to tune in for episode 100. There's going to be a very special announcement on that one. So make sure you join me for that one, which will be released on Friday. Please make sure you share this episode with friends and family who you know will really benefit from these messages from Michael today. And for now, all the very best going out there today to do your life even better. Thanks again for listening to the Do Life Better podcast. And have you subscribed yet? By subscribing to this podcast, that enables you to get notifications every single time a new episode is released. In your podcast app, you can find all the show notes for every episode. And if you'd like to get in contact, you can do so via email at hello at projecthatch.com.au. That's hello at projecthatch.com.au. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, share it with someone you think will benefit from these messages, And now it's time to get out there and do life better.